Welcome. This is Stan Lee of Marvel Comics warning you to look around you. Your classmates, your friends, you never know which one of them may be terrorist mutants who plan to destroy the human race. Mutants. I hate them. It has come to my attention that you have a mutant power. He's a mutant. A stinking mutant. Don't you remember what it was like when you first discovered you were a mutant? This week, we find ourselves having commandeered the snowmobile thing from The Shining on our way up to the <laughs> Arctic, enjoying our New Year's Oli Bolin. Happy New Year's, my friends. Happy With me, I have Janos, who you just heard. Hello. Do you know what I'm commandeering? I'm, I'm commandeering the Steamboat Willie with my pal Mickey Mouse from the <laughs> from that early incarnation that uh, that I can now legally write like fan fiction about and sell for money. <laughs> he's with me here and he's saying fuck. I'm allowed to say that. Uh, yeah, he. Th- there was a horror game already announced, uh, <laughs> starring Steamboat Willie. Uh, because he's in the public domain now. <laughs> That's Kiwi, and Holly is also here. Yeah, I'm. 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 I'm on a big blank white page, um, and I'm about to get stabbed in the back. Oh. Oh no. Oh, no. Well, at least the person doing it will get to uh, become a god outside of space and time yeah, for sure. That's for it. sure. This will be worth it. Gotta understand how stories work. Before we get into the rest of the episode, I want to complain okay. about original X-Men. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about that. I read original X-Men, and no one else should. It is the, it's the worst X-Men comic I've read in years. It's <laughs> Greg Land is on art doing his most mediocre same face for every single character. Yeah, I heard he's... At this point, he's, like, tracing his own traced out. It does appear to be that way. Yeah, I think there have... People have, like, found old issues oh, and wow. found the exact same, <laughs> like, facial expressions and, uh, like, poses. He just literally... Yeah. He's, he's so bad. <laughs> it's, it's trash. The story is... The story is literally... If if you cast cast our minds back collectively to the issue one of the Jean Grey miniseries, when we were, or actually before the Jean Grey miniseries, when we we're like, I hope it's not just something where they get some of the original X Men, they do a tired retread of like 
the phoenix being bad <laughs> and and <laughs> it's just nothing more than that that's that's original x-men issue one and it doesn't even have a real ending because it's just like oh onslaught because onslaught's the bad guy everyone loves onslaught um slips I mean, just as much as everyone loves the loves the team of uh jean gray but like pre-phoenix uh Cyclops, uh, Beast, but before he was blue. <laughs> yeah, everyone loves the Angel X-Men. before he was Archangel, and like Iceman before he was gay. And also made of ice. <laughs> yeah, what if we took the least interesting version of the X-Men before anything interesting had happened to them, before anyone really cared about them in any capacity? And the, they... the version of the X-Men that flopped originally, like, it had Literally. to be cancelled. <laughs> in the 60s. It flopped in the 60s. <laughs> and like, let's bring Flopped it back. so bad they did reruns in comics, I think I've never heard of anywhere else. <laughs> they've, brought, they've brought them back, and the Phoenix is taking them across the multiverse to somewhere where the Phoenix was bad. And they have to talk to their versions of the X-Men. And then the X-Men turn up, and they're like, Wow, I always really knew that our version of the Phoenix was bad, but it was just looking into the eyes of my younger self that needed to convince me. That's basically the dialogue. And, and then it ends, and it's like, by the way, that was Onslaught, and we're putting together a team of multiverse Wolverines for a new miniseries. Read the... If, if anything about original X-Men is remotely interesting to you, read the Jean Grey miniseries. It is infinitely <laughs> better in every conceivable way. Even I mean, at that point, you might as well just issue. fucking read the Stan Lee, uh, Jack Kirby run. <laughs> yeah, just go read the real original X-Men. Or every, almost any other comic. It's just so weird that issue one that Marvel's trying to make like it. It feels like manufactured nostalgia for like a team of X Men that nobody actually is like nostalgic for. It's like every other era has the stands, and uh, the one that had Stan does not. Like he (laughs) he just didn't get. They just did not <laughs> take off in the right way. Yeah, reading really... original X Men issue one, I can see how they didn't take off. I can see why no one would care about these characters. It's it's like it was if it were if it were just like one of the like twelve million things that Stan and Jack were like shitting out during the sixties. There was like you know only got. Uh, only became interesting once someone else took over, right? Like, um, but yeah, and I was like, maybe I've been too harsh on every single book we've read for this podcast. <laughs> Actually, there's original thought and like some competent execution in in most books, and I have to respect that. Anyway. I've been thinking about that non-stop since I read it because it made me genuinely annoyed. <laughs> the original X-Men stuff just feels so, like, so, like, symptomatic for how, like, directionless Marvel feels. 
at large. Yeah. It's um, I don't know. It's unfortunate. <laughs> and also how obsessed with multiverse bullshit. Yeah. That's not very good. They are. Yeah, and yeah. all the like retreads of old stuff, like the here's a series to set during I don't know, the nineties were with like cable and Adam X <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> oh yeah, there was that one um like advertisement for some nineties character that's coming back that was like out of the nineties or like the nineties wouldn't even be able to handle this and it's just like they're doing the nineties again. I should find it. Great stuff. Everyone loves the nineties in comics. Yeah. It's famously like one of the good decades. <laughs> Everyone loves having Wolverine on the cover of every single issue. <laughs> yeah, well, they're making a team of all Wolverines, so that's which is a spin-off series to the one. Yeah, we just mentioned that. About. Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah. Okay. While you were away, yeah, it's yeah. Marvel put out a thing like in in terms of news. Marvel put out a thing for the X Men relaunch that was just completely nothing. I don't know if y'all saw it. Like it was, it was like a trailer that just said, "Like rising from the ashes, X Men, twenty twenty four." That's it. <laughs> that oh yeah, it. it was the last page of Timeless, which is, I guess, Marvel's annual. Like, here's a hint at everything we're gonna do next year, mm-hmm. but in a story. I haven't read Timeless. Do you want to talk about that? The um yeah. The art I can. is really Did cool. Did you read it, Holly? Yeah, I read it. The Timeless. art was really the cool. Art, the art's really cool. It's 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 some good art. It's it's a competent story. Ultimately, is a little short story. Yeah, I I liked the story. I thought it was it was um like a good one shot. I didn't regret buying it. Um, like the art school. It's kind. Of, it's completely disconnected from anything. It's at like it's in it's in one of many alternate doomed Marvel futures. Um. And it's pretty neat. Um, the art is really good. I really liked the art. Um, and they threw some hints in there. Um, the only X Men ones that were relevant is that um, uh, there's going to be a prisoner X, and they showed a prison, which is a, a, someone imprisoned in the Cerebro room. Yeah. Um, okay. And. I think that I would like that to be Charles. Put him in the prison. <laughs> yeah. That, that seems a, like the obvious answer. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's probably going to like be Like people cool, holding him accountable for pushing them through the portals, it's, you know? They're going to have like a big trial of Cyclops and they're just going to put Cyclops in a different in a different prison. And he's Is there going to be a reveal that that stands for Prisoner 10? Yeah, and there's like, like nine other ones, and it's 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 Wolverine in there. <laughs> it's Wolverine. Yeah, goddamn it, another one. And then Monet is going to be appearing in some of the uh, Black Panther books. Yeah, which one. is a weird choice. I think will be very cool. Sure, yeah. it's, I don't read. Did, the Black did you Panther read? Run, so. Did anyone read that issue? Because she shows up at the end of the most recent issue. Oh, um, okay. No, I'm like I read the first like five issues of Black Panther, and then I fell off. Like I did, um, I liked it. I just got busy. <laughs> yeah, it's because it's like her 
family were ambassadors to Wakanda at some point or something. Oh, of so it's they like were. he 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 shows up at the Saint Croix uh, mansion to like investigate something, and then she comes in and is like, "Hey, what? Why are you why are you breaking into my house? Uh, don't do that." Um. So I assume that's that's just where she's gone after um uncanny wrapped up. Or... Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, I don't think there's anything else from Timeless. It's cool. The design of the big villain dude is cool in it. Um, there's like a team team shot where it's like Magneto uh, uh, yeah. or someone in a Magneto helmet who's like sitting down in front of the uh, an X Men team. But I, it didn't seem like anything really. It was just like, you know, Magneto's coming back, maybe. Which we already knew. Yeah, like that team shot silhouette feels like the most nothing X-Men teaser you could have. It's like, we've got Magneto's helmet in there. We've got the recognisable Professor X chair in there. We've got Cyclops's visor. Done. It was also kind of funny, there was, there was some of those timeless bits that were like meant to be from the future that were from issues that came out in the last couple of weeks. Which, I mean, <laughs> is, maybe you just want to mix them in anyway, but it was just like, Oh, I've already seen the context for this. You don't... <laughs> um, I'm not being surprised by this. Um, Do we want to start with... Um, I feel like Wolverine's probably going to be the quickest. Yeah, I, have, the... I did not read Wolverine, so... <laughs> I saw the summary is just Wolverine and Spider-Man team up. Wolverine and Spider-Man go on a date... They go, yeah. to, they go to space. The, the vibe between Wolverine and Spider-Man I don't really get. Uh, like, because I know they've teamed up a bunch in previous comics, but I haven't read any of those. And, like, if this is the energy that they usually have, that makes sense. But it's like, Wolverine seems to be half-threatening Spider-Man half the time. Like, he... They have... They, they have really weird vibes because uh, the only time Spider-Man killed someone was because of Wolverine, kind uh, of. okay, right. Um... So I think they're like buds, but also, uh, that, that's fucked up, <laughs> you know, yeah. like going on a holiday um, with my buddy who made me murder someone. <laughs> yeah. Or it wasn't like made him, but it was like, while he was on a team up with Wolverine, he, he ended up killing someone like, and I don't remember the specifics of it, but I do know it's like, so because of that, they're like, the vibes are weird. Yeah. Okay, cool. I, I accept that then. That, that, that's good. This is Wolverine number 40, written by Benjamin Percy and drawn by Ibrahim Mustafa. I really liked the art. The art's, the art's good, as it usually is. Um, is there any setup tease for the Sabretooth War situation, or is that all an X-Force? It's a tease for the X-Force issue. (laughs) (laughs) Pretty much. It's just him being like, oh, X-Force is still out there? Okay. Maybe I should have looked sooner. So, completely pointless and skippable is what you're saying. After after teaming up with five different people, Wolverine's like, maybe maybe the real Krakoa was the friends I made along the way, and remembers Mm. X-Force exists. Remembers he has a bunch of children to take care of. (laughs) (laughs) That he's a dad. Which 
I think leads us into talking about X Force. Unless anyone yeah. has anything else to say about Wolverine. My only other comment is um, Benjamin Percy writes Spider Man a lot like he writes like Deadpool or Quentin's <laughs> dialogue when they're being like okay. funny. Um, and it might just be that this is how Benjamin Percy writes like humorous characters, but like it, it just came off to me as similar to those, and like that makes sense. Like. I don't think Quentin is ever actually supposed to be funny when he's trying to be funny, though, in the, in the series. Yeah, Quentin and Deadpool and Spider-Man are very different flavors of funny, Yeah, I feel like. He he reads a lot like Deadpool. Um, uh, not like... Old man Quentin was funny. That's about it. Yeah. <laughs> it's not, like, distracting. It's just something I noticed. Um, yeah. And it, it's... The, the, issue's, the issue's fine. Um... Yeah, Spider-Man is so in everything that I don't, I don't even know if there's any, like... <laughs> yeah, he's all over the place. ...character he's... integrity expected at this point. Yeah. I got a really sick Peach Momoko variant cover oh, of it. Oh, hell yeah. yeah. God, that is good. Nightmare yeah. variant oh, series. Good. Yeah. Yeah, she had, like, a bunch of it... variant covers. Oh, I got recently. a Uncanny yeah. Spider-Man one, too. Oh, I love the is... Uncanny Spider-Man one. Oh, yeah. That rocks. It's, it's so yeah. good. It, it it really accentuates like the bat demonness of the look. When does uh when does Ultimate X Men start? Like February, something. Uh, February or March? I think March. Right? Last I knew it was yeah. March, but I haven't okay. kept up with anything. If there were changes. Oh yeah, no, that's the last one, right? Spider Man starts first, then Black Panther, and then X Men. Yeah. Yeah, Ultimate Spider Man. I was just looking at the release calendar. Ultimate Spider Man coming out in two weeks. Less than two weeks, ten days. X-Men! X-Force 47, written by Benjamin Percy, art by Daniel Picciotto, colors by Guru EFX. X-Force regroups at the North Pole. They chat about things like... Most of the interesting stuff that they talk about we'll probably talk about. Like, there's... There's not a huge amount to this issue, but like it's it's mostly like setting up where everyone is now for the next little end of X Force, or presumably like last. I liked so this issue. issue of X Force. I liked it so much. I think I was like, we are back, baby. Yeah. <laughs> we had the big cliffhanger at the last episode we recorded. Which issues of Alpha Flight are going to show up? Uh, which which members of Alpha Flight are going to show up in X Force? And it's um, the ones that people care about. <laughs> <laughs> it's a bold move, but they they went for it. <laughs> I think I like. It kind of like undersells Alpha Flight again because it's like Alpha Flight saved twenty people. They they send up a beacon and immediately have like a hundred that they've just like provided safety to. And they're at the North Pole. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, oh, oh, you guys did like so little down there. Um. But yeah, it is nice seeing everyone show up and like the yeah the Alpha Flight like them them having a bit of a reunion here with everyone. Yeah, there's some nice Wolverine family reunions. It's just 
it's so much nicer to have Wolverine be part of a team and play off, you know, other teammates than him on solo He really stuff. excels at it, yeah. Yeah, because... Yeah, it's when he's best. <laughs> so, solo Wolverine can, can end up just being Wolverine talking to himself, and then there's some, some nice action scenes, which is fine. But it's a much better story when there are when there's more than like two characters per issue, and I think uh, the Colossus stuff in this issue I think is really good. I think it actually really follows up Colossus stuff in a in a good way. Yeah, I I really like that he's like, yeah, yes, I was controlled, but it was like I I wasn't able to do stuff outside of like possibility, and maybe I would have been upset with Krakoa. Maybe I would have fought against Krakoa if I had a, my own free will. Yeah. That's like, he probably wouldn't have <laughs> in the same way uh, or, you know, to the same degree, but I think it's 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 good that he doesn't like rule out that possibility. Yeah. And it's also, it's his guilt talking that makes him say, you know, maybe I would have fucked it up and done bad things anyway, but also, it is possible. Um... And it does make it more interesting than, like, Mikhail just had, like, full control over him and it was all bullshit, you know? Yeah, yeah absolutely. Half of the Quentin stuff was good this issue. <laughs> oh, it was all good. What are you talking about? Um, I... Quentin fans are finally winning. <laughs> I, th- I, like, I don't like Quentin when he's, like, fully powered. But um, that's mostly because I dislike Quentin. But mm-hmm. like in terms of like actual like story progression and stuff, like this is this is this is this is good. Like this makes sense. This is character progression for Quentin. This like it it links up a bunch of the little threads that he's had going throughout Krakoa and X Force, and he actually gets um. I, like, I guess screen time in a way that's interesting because he's sort of been present but not very present over the last few issues. Yeah. Yeah, he's been in the background for sure. It's a great issue for Phoebe. <laughs> She's alive, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Which is neat. That's fun. Uh, not for her, presumably, but like it's a, it's a fun story beat. Um, and like that's... It feels like this issue of X-Force both, like, moved on after, like, sort of the big finish of the Colossus story thing, and sets up, like, where X-Force is at now and for a potential future. It's a really good starting issue for a new arc. Yeah. I would like to know how many, because I haven't been reading the solicits uh, that closely, so... But like, I'm kind of interested how many issues of X Force are supposed to be left. There's definitely up to fifty. I can, um, yeah, I'm wondering then, if it's gonna end at fifty. I could see this being wrapped up in like three action-packed issues because there's gonna be more issues of Wolverine than usual because that's gonna be like on every other week basis. Yeah, I think the next few issues of X Force are probably just gonna set up. The Sabretooth War, and then that's gonna be. No, the Sabretooth War, Tooth War starts like next week. 
Okay, well, I, or like I mean, I don't know. Or like, the arc for it starts next week, but, yeah. like, the war itself. Oh, maybe. Like, it's gonna weed into the bigger part of the story, I think, maybe. Yeah, but, yeah, 50 is the last issue, but that's, like, three months from now, oh, yeah, so I think it's just, it's just yeah. what's being announced, like, we don't... And it does say, like, oh, it's a big, um... It's like a big issue because it's a 50 because it says they tend to do that. Target Beast Finale. I think it might be the last issue. Because I don't yeah, see it's how... It's also like, yeah, they're, it's going to be Beast stuff for the next yeah. few issues. Because the cover for next week does look like um, Sabretooth, but that's definitely Beast. Because <laughs> he's got the <laughs> belt on. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, I like this. Uh, I like this one panel of a beast that we get um, <laughs> right at the end. <laughs> it's you know exactly as much. I always beast forget that as... he's missing an eye, <laughs> and then I'm like, oh yeah, looks cool. Yeah, yeah. Wolverine's hugging his three children that are there. Uh, his other children, who cares? Including but... like three of fifteen. <laughs> I'm including Quentin. Yeah, including Quentin. Yeah. <laughs> After Quentin's parents abandon him, the, like Wolverine and Jean softly adopt him, and that's why he still shows up and all this shit. <laughs> I think, I think, I think there's a case for Wolverine soft adopting Quentin. Um, they, 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 they do get a lot of stuff to do together over the time that Quentin is a character. It's the same way that he like soft adopted Jubilee and and Kitty yeah. before. Kitty. But in yeah. this case, it's what if what if he adopted a kid that hated him? Um, yeah, uh-huh. what if he adopted a, a, a nasty little shithead, and that's <laughs> what I love about him. Yeah, my one major com- main complaint with this is I don't think Laura has dialogue this issue. Um, that's very funny. <laughs> oh my gosh, yeah, that sucks. <laughs> <laughs> Because uh, I was like, "Wow, it's it's really lovely that Wolverine's back with like his his two like mo- most adult kids." Like, Laura has a, a, a bit of dialogue. Here's <laughs> what Laura she says, says: "How do you get here so fast?" That's it. She says, "Akihiro, right. you're fucking alive. How do you get here so fast?" That's everything she says. Yeah, and then all the rest of the group shots are just her looking like she's about to say something, but she just yeah. doesn't. Akihiro's like, I'm fucking two people with super speed. Of course I'm here fast. Yeah, Laura has very little dialogue and a, a, hu- a, a huge like percentage of it is censored because that's like one, two, three, four, five, six, that's like seven signs for the, for the swear she's saying. So <laughs> I'd like it if Laura had been more of a character in X-Force, but I don't think I don't think that's the world we're in. <laughs> Yeah, she gets literally nothing. I, I I don't think she has been much of a character throughout Krakoa. Like, because all the thing that actually happened with her was, like, became a new character, like, you know, was a... Uh, yeah, like, literally Talon? split off into a new character called Talon. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, she, in New Mutants, she had uh, a few good moments with uh, Scout, and then... She also got the Exterminators run, yeah, the exterminator which I thought she was, was She's great in. Exterminators know? was good, but it was like, I think but like... But it got cut short way too quick. <laughs> I, I, I think there's there's a case to be made that Scout was the more impactful 
Wolverine yeah, kid. Yeah, absolutely. Yes, yeah. It was definitely Scout's era. Which is fine. I love Scout. Yeah, yeah. Happy for her to get more as well. I like this status quo setup, even though it presumably won't be around for very long. Um, presumably, and considering the limited amount of issues left. Uh, next issue opens with Beast immediately taking the shot and obliterating one of them. Because uh, uh, That would be really funny. <laughs> there's, there's no way I see this version of Beast doing anything other than, like, not for long, immediately pulls the trigger. Yeah. <laughs> He's pointing his gun at two people with adamantium skulls and two without, so it's a, a 50-50 chance who he's going for here, and I think it's Quentin, the one who can't heal himself. Yeah, I think he, I think he could get a collateral. I think he could take Quentin, it both. Oh my god, Quentin getting his powers back and then immediately getting burked would be so much. I would love it. <laughs> I'd hate it at the same time. Oh my god. A big like emotional like thing saying we'd be immediately beginning of next issue. That Bam. would be Oh yeah. That would be good. The only the part the part of it that would be bad is you you kind of start to if Phoebe wakes up and then Quentin's dead and then you start to get that like annoying couple trope where neither of them can ever be with each other because one is always dead. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just cl- classic X-Men problems. It happened People to like Longshot and Dazzler. Yeah, Quentin, <laughs> Quentin dies and then Phoebe becomes alive and then she kills herself as well but then it turns out Quentin wasn't actually dead. Uh, and then yeah. he also takes, like, some type of poison, and then they both die. Or he, like, travels to the astral plane to bring her back to life and sacrifices himself in the process. <laughs> I guess. They get to talk for three I was trying panels. to. I was trying to build off the Romeo and Juliet ending, but uh, maybe oh, Shakespeare yeah, should, yeah. Have, no, I was uh, just... should have gotten them <laughs> into the astral plane. It would have been good. You should have written Romeo and <laughs> Juliet Baz, Baz could have gone nutty where, with that, like... Yeah. Uh, that's what that's what Goethe did with like Faust two, where like this time he's like going through hell. And... I was just put, trying to put like a little bit of a Scott and Gene like oh, uh, yeah, yeah. flavor in there, you know. That's yeah. Um, it's it's interesting that they're both psychic. It's not very interesting, but it's like it's something. It's something. <laughs> <laughs> it's something. <laughs> Um, because I think one of the fun things about Jean Grey as a character is, like, the the fact that there is always the potential to, for, like, suddenly there to be an insane, ridiculous power dynamic between her and anyone else. Uh, and, like, that, yeah. that power dynamic coming from, you know, like, the ethereal being of the Phoenix Force. Uh, In the part of uh, the 90s X-Men I'm reading right now, Scott is really hot for Psylocke and Gene keeps being reading his mind and being jealous <laughs> and it sucks to read it's not a great <laughs> it's, it's it's stupid yeah yeah let's this go back to that era of X-Men let's realistic do that. in a way but so if they're both psychic you don't have to worry about that <laughs> shit. Yeah. um X-Force X-Force is good I think yeah pretty good I, I wouldn't say X-Force is good, but this issue of X-Force was good. This issue was yeah. great. I yeah. think probably the... the I, I think the, if, if, he, if he does wrap it up in three issues, it's probably going to be pretty good. Yeah, yeah. 
because it feels like three issues I mean if if we get like a, a, a tight issue like this that like pays off emotional beats for each of the characters in turn, presumably concluding with Sage and Domino because they've had the most central focus. Presumably this next era is or this you know, the the like fallen rise uh section here all, all the books that are ongoing during that will be like directly taking the fight to orcus or in this case beast and like wrapping that up to finish off krakoa um which is like yeah and well and Sabretooth for i really need, i need to know what the fuck sabertooth has been up to since <laughs> like with 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 his like thousands of other mutants like our hundreds, I don't know them how many. Into a, yeah. a nasty boy army. I'm, I'm cautiously excited for Sabretooth War. Like it's still ten issues of Benjamin Percy Wolverine, but it's also ten issues of uh, Victor Leval Sabretooth. So, yeah, no, I think it'll be dope. Um, I think the fall was just as of X has been an awkward era to get like all the puzzle pieces, all the chess yeah, pieces and this spaces could have been done you want, you know. Better. <laughs> yeah. I think if there's one thing I want to continue past the Krakow era, like if there's one character I want to like stick with their like current iteration of stuff. I want Black Tom to keep going around with this like Krakowian <laughs> tree. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. He hasn't had a huge amount going for him for a while, and this is this is like this is a really neat application of his power set, and gives him a real like a place in the world of X Men at least. Yeah, he's just gone. He's just like wandering around in a big fucking house, and it like <laughs> it's great. Yeah, I'd be really surprised if it's uh, if that's gonna happen, but. Uh, me too, I, but, but I, I think <laughs> I think maybe like two years into the Bravoort era, someone will bring him back. Um, I don't think it's gonna be. I would be surprised if he'd be leading the new team of X Men. <laughs> maybe there's gonna be like one of like a a, a different X Force that has him more prominently. I don't know. Yeah, my hope is whenever we see him next after X Force. He's he's still he's still doing Krakoa stuff basically. Yeah, he's still growing his weird plants. Um, um do we want to run through Iceman real quick? Yeah, yes, yeah. yes, yes. Um, uh, I don't have much to say on Iceman. I have nothing to say on Iceman. Well, let's just say it's a for the record, it's Astonishing Iceman Five. Written by Steve Orlando, art by Vincenzo Car- Caratu, um, and colors by Yama Tartagila. Um, and then I don't have anything to say about Iceman. <laughs> yeah, it's like a, a fine wrap up. Um, I I like that they're doing Doctor Manhattan shit at the end. <laughs> He's just like re- reappearing in the canteen and screaming or whatever, but like, and like the, the idea of him just being a sort of weird ethereal force that is just like messing with Orcus occasionally is fun. Yeah, uh, I don't think it'll like 
it's it's just like he's going to show up in like issue five of uh follow the house and x house of x and be fully reformed and like do a big heroic moment and uh, that's like that's what's going to happen from here it gives rise the chance to use him in like an entirely different way as well like there's like in a, like it's a very easy splitting point for two different timelines yeah. if that's what we're getting uh, you know yeah that'd be neat um if there, if he was still going in a future again it's a fun it's a fun place to move iceman to uh this is for it's not the best of the miniseries but it's i i've been much it was pretty good i've enjoyed it a lot more than i expected to enjoy a miniseries about iceman <laughs> Uh, and I remember predicting that maybe he'd be, like, part of his frozen home, and I'm quite happy that, like, his status quo has sort of, like, ended up with him being, like, a, a weird cryptid with no true physical form. <laughs> Dialogue's good in this. Art's good in this as well. Um, the cleaner looks gnarly when he's being uh, really taken apart. <laughs> Yeah, when he's just, like, lost his nose. Yeah. It's fucking gross. It's great. So, yeah. That's... It's... It's pretty good. Um... But it's not, like, particularly remarkable, I guess, is the, yeah, is the thing. Yeah. It's alright to, like... It's alright for things to be fine. <laughs> yeah. It's not... You know, it's not something that will be, like, worth collecting in a trade or anything. <laughs> but if you like Iceman and you, you know, like, you're getting a, re- a great story for for people that are passionate about this character who's who's often mostly boring. <laughs> yeah, or just doesn't get much to do, honestly. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yeah, and I feel like overall it did a, g- a good job of, like, uh, dealing with the the problem of Iceman being too powerful and like giving him kind of interesting threats. Yeah, um, absolutely. And like, yeah, just getting up to stuff. It is a good. It, it's a good setup for him to have more shit to do in the future. <laughs> but other than that, it's it was just like like the cleaner wasn't that interesting necessarily of a villain. Yeah. Yeah. Um, P- Pequot ended up being nothing but data pages. Oh, uh, you know, like that. I think. I think. I'm. I, I'm tired of data pages. <laughs> yeah, I'm. Uh, people, there's people been are some pretty bad overusing data, data pages. Yeah, I'm glad to draw see them gone. Draw me a picture. That w- that's what I'm here for. <laughs> I'm. Uh, yeah. I love data pages but but i have to agree there's been there's There's been like there are great uses of data pages but they are not being used as sparingly as they should be anymore yeah there's just been a lot of here's an orcus report recently (laughs) and those are just like i don't so boring to read it feels so much like oh we just couldn't fit this in naturally i don't think i even like i i skimmed through Oh yeah, because this first like data page on here is like five paragraphs and like small font, and then there's another one with like a whole ass, just yeah, like right, right, right after it. Like I was just like, I'm not reading this. 
<laughs> yeah, I think it is also the the fact that fifty percent of the data pages in Fall of X have been uh, a random Orcus person reporting to random Orcus person. Oh, I yeah, the Orcus like in- internal. Oh, who's that? Night Thrasher, Night leaving Thrasher. the 90s behind. <laughs> <laughs> He's crashing right from the 90s right into the 2020s, That's, which is apparently wait. the new 90s. I'm showing up, like, day one <laughs> at my comic store. I think I think Night Thrasher might have had a series, like, six years ago, drawn, drawn by uh, Ramon uh, Villabos. Villabos? Um... Who is a really cool artist? Uh, maybe, maybe I'm getting it mixed up with someone else, but I feel like that was Night Thrasher. But also, I don't. Why does I'm, he have to leave the '90s behind? What is what is going on in Night, Night Thrasher's mind that is is trying to make him put that era of his own life behind him thirty years later? I'm sorry, I totally derailed the conversation about astonishing ice man and complaining about data pages. There's, you didn't deal with much, I think. I think the ending of Krakoa is gonna be fun, gonna be good. Uh, Kieran Gillen is gonna is gonna write a banger of a, a alternate timeline series, uh, and after that, I'm excited for things to go like. Back to, back to more basic uh, data page less. It would be stories. crazy if like all of the characters were in a central location, <laughs> often that they could like maybe interact in in between their adventures. Um, it could be like uh, we'll just, a big we'll house just have to of some sort. <laughs> yeah. Some sort of large just house. Some some sort of big house. Yeah. Yeah. What, what would you even call a big house? Like I, I don't know. That's castle. A, an X castle. Yeah. yeah. We're, we're all going to the Autumn Palace. Yeah. That's where the yeah. new the new base is. Oh. The haunted like, palace. Jeff, that's that's not there anymore. But you know, we can rebuild it. Magni will come back. He, yeah, he can he can just do it again. Sanc- yeah. They're going. They're moving into the Sanctum Sanctorum. Doctor Strange, get out of here. I don't know what's going on in his comic currently. Ah, this, this stuff's cool at the minute. Hell yeah. <laughs> they, I heard it's good. They, they it's literally Jack did probably. the War Doctor from Doctor Who. Oh, <laughs> like, very oh. literally, he's called the War Doctor. Yeah, I need uh, to. But it's sick. I need to read all the Jed McKay stuff, because uh, I heard his Moon Knight. Moon Knight has also been really good. There's just so many issues. Yeah, that just finished up. That's that's just finished. Yeah, he's up. writing a he's uh, writing our, a sequel to it. Yeah, and like the setup of the ending for that sequel is very cool. Um, also, just the art on that Moon Knight comic is incredible. Um, yeah, Cap Marvel also hanging out with Doctor Strange at the minute. Um, so you read read a bit of Cap Marvel. That's fun. It's, the, I haven't the tried X the newest kids and. The Strange Academy kids can do like a a swap week. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm 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 really surprised that we didn't get more of that kind of thing with magic. That would have been really good. Um, 
Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, you know where she you was, can she see was, like, working there. Magic and Doctor Strange hang out a lot is in the video game Marvel's Midnight Suns. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty good. Oh yeah. Um, uh, I'm trying to remember if any of the say? characters in Midnight Suns can link into a smooth segue into Uncanny uh, Captain America style. and Deadpool oh, Captain are America in Midnight oh, Suns. I, uh, I haven't gotten to them yet. <laughs> uh, Deadpool's them. one of the DLC. DLC. Yeah. Um, his mechanic's actually really, really fun, though. Yeah, it's good. Um, I, mean, so, I, I, I think, uh, you know, most of the mechanics are really cool. Like, they got a great feel. Wolverine's mechanics are, like, has, have a great feel. Uh, it's you know, it's clear that it's... I mean, it's done by the studio who made the XCOM game, so... It's just oh, like, it's literally done by the studio? I didn't realize yeah, that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. yeah, I think that studio, uh, because Midnight Suns did not do very well, they're uh, one of the many studios around the video game industry right now where shit's going bad. Yeah. Because, like, every, everywhere is having layoffs it's... and... Um, it's so. I mean, I. Bad, but. I guess it was just not an easy sell or whatever, because it's it's really a shame that that Midnight Suns didn't do well, because I think like for a Marvel game, like it's got great character writing. Um, it feels like it should have done well in my mind. Yeah. That's that should have that should have sold. Like it's XCOM with Marvel characters, like at at, at its base. That's gotta have an audience. <laughs> yeah, and it is just like really like the yeah the way they like differentiate all the characters and actually have them have cool and different mechanics is really cool like works really well um i think it might not like appeal to mcu fans as much because it's uh it's got like a bunch of like you know characters in it who are like comic characters nerds yeah (laughs) yeah i actually really like uh Tony Stark in that game like his the the voice actor who's doing him and is doing like a Howard Hughes voice is uh is like works so much better than Robert Downey to me and he is just kind of very annoying in a way yeah. that's like <laughs> fitting yeah exactly I think they've also had like trouble transferring MCU fans to any video game because people want the MCU actors to play the characters in the video games and they're like not as like that when that avengers game was coming out that was like the a major criticism of it is that they would the casting and it was like like i don't even remember the cast but like i don't think it was an egregious decision to make some guy captain america for the video game (laughs) yeah that game did not do well either yeah wasn't there a guardians game or some shit what was that yeah which everyone says is surprisingly good (laughs) But like some, a lot of the criticism for that was also like the guy playing Star Lord being like too similar to Chris Pratt or something, but like not like Chris Pratt, maybe, (laughs) or like, or like that the I don't remember some bullshit like that. (laughs) Um, Uncanny Avengers featuring. Sort of two um Captain Americas. Um it's it's fine. Yeah, it was okay. 
it's a, it's a good enough conclusion. Oh, okay. I mean, the art is really Most good. Of it is once a good again, conclusion. The art it's, is the art is great. Again, the highlight of facial expressions and all of it, great. There's there's literally just one part of this issue that I want to talk about, and it's when like. Rogue and Deadpool all get burned to skeletons by a nuke. Yeah. That shit's so cool. Can we read the summary first? <laughs> oh my god, yes. <laughs> so sorry. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll take it. Uh, Thank you. Avengers 5, <laughs> written by Jerry Duggan, art by Javier Garan, colors by Mari Hollowell. Uh, the Uncanny Avengers defeat Fashcap and detonate the nuke he stole in Area 51, safely away from everyone. Question mark shouldn't be setting off nukes uh, <laughs> Evil Cap is exonerated in a trial somehow and he makes a speech about not caring about the flag anymore and working with all of the humans against all the non-humans okay I do want and to talk he about does, uh, the, Days of Future Past the fucking Evil Cap speech as well because yeah, that was so fucking stupid <laughs> um, minor criticism when you have um, Psylocke and Monet both do like the exact same thing in the same panel. It kind of feels like why what if your idea for these two characters was just they're pretty similar and that's it. Why have both of them on the team? Uh, I'm happy to see both of them in an issue, but like yeah. it feels like <laughs> there's not enough for both of them to do. <laughs> well, Monet is uh a part of the most unexpected romance in uncanny Avengers yeah. history. So. <laughs> this, is, this is true. Um, damn, I've I flicked to the page of of the the nuke detonating uh, again, and damn, have you grown can draw a skeleton? Uh, like the it's so it's really good. Like, there's a lot of uh, character posing to the skeletons. Like, they seem dynamic, even though they are, like, not moving. It's the... I don't have the good art words for this, but it looks really good. The, the way, like, Rogue and Deadpool are glancing at each other without eyes is really cool. Yeah, like... yeah, that's... Exactly, exactly that. And all the flesh just like regrowing horribly in in the the typical nasty Deadpool way. It's, it's just yeah. Um, oh man! Oh, the I guess the X gene is like stored in your bones because <laughs> <laughs> that's all she had left. But worked out. Yeah, I don't even care about that. I think it's I think it's a good use of. Uh, I mean, visually a great use of like Deadpool's power set. Like I also love the. A panel of like Quicksilver, like running with half a Deadpool to get to Rogue in time. Yeah, using them as a team together, um, without making it just like be about Quicksilver pushing the fix it button yeah. with the super speed. Yes. Yeah, like the, so much of the rest of the um, series has been is is incredible. It's so good. Yeah. Um. I think it's a very satisfying issue, apart from Evil Captain America getting to make uh, his own version of the worst speech in this series. That's so bad. Why is the... 
Because at one point I was like, oh, okay, so this shows the parallels because they're both like wanting to fuck the flag. But then he has to like, this is such a coward move from Jerry Duggan to make to make the evil guy also tear the flag apart. Like it should have been that they both that he also loves the flag, right? Yeah, the, symbols are, like, so important to fascism and co-opting yeah. symbols. Like, no matter how you feel about the American flag, like, co-opting symbols is how fascism spreads. And, like, this is not going to play well to the Flag Smashers base here. You're all good, yeah. man. Yeah. Uh, are not going to be happy about this. They're going to say, hey, what the fuck? Like, right, we're gonna we're gonna like trump up some charges on you or something. Yeah, it's it's a it's a it's a it's a it's a weird mess. Um, and also that they're like they're they're up on a rooftop looking down, and Rogue says, "I, I want to fly down there," and and then Deadpool says, "Let's hear Stevel out first. <laughs> like, oh my god. <laughs> I also you I do hate not the have name to Steve fight Ball. him on the the marketplace of ideas. You can just you can just hit him. Uh, free speech advocate Deadpool. <laughs> like yeah, he was exonerated from his crimes, but that doesn't mean you can't like still just go down there and punch him in the face and then fly away super fast. Yeah, also because you have the power to do that. Yeah, Quick Quicksilver could go down there and just like pounce him or something, and then then he'll. Everyone will think he looks silly, and then you win. Yeah, it, like even something like that. It like it's it's also very. Well, strange. Deadpool did hit him with a funny coffee, which is a, a callback. Oh, to, so true. Uh, of course, Steve's speech. I won't let any flag separate me from my fellow humans. It's not the color of our flags; it's the merit of our genes that makes us brothers and sisters. Like this is such a weird. It's it's certainly very very fashy, but it's yeah. weird that it's coupled to tearing a flag apart. <laughs> and it kind of it kind of implies that Cap only gets mad at him. Like only wait, it's just it's Deadpool who throws the milkshake at him, uh, or I don't know if it's a milkshake, some drink, soda. Uh, I don't know what this is. Uh, but it's, I think it's supposed to be coffee because that lady threw a coffee. Oh yeah, yeah. But it oh, just yeah. it just implies that speech. it's like the fascist part is okay, but tearing the flag apart went one step too far. Like that's how this beat plays off. There, there uh, there's one part I kind of like about it, which is the like. It's very blunt that they're just showing like Days of Future Past stuff. Yeah. Um, but the idea that like even if the the Trasks are gone or uh, whoever it was, I think it was Trask that led to Days of Future Past. Um, like even if they're gone, even if they're not like the factor, there is still this sort of cyclical thing of like mutant kind will always have people. It's it sort of ties in with the like, oh, the the machines will always be the enemy in the end. Here, it's like there are always going to be people who 
are trying to do these things, who are trying to work against them in these these ways. Um, again, it's like very bluntly done and not necessary because like you could just have another Trask show up and do the same thing, and like it's fine. But I, it kind of worked for me that bit. Why doesn't he put on a fucking Captain America mask and say, like, I'm the real Captain America, <laughs> you know, like, after, after that, it doesn't, it, it just doesn't make sense for him to be like, now I'm the bad guy. Did you guys think about the bad guy? That's me. Yeah. Like, why wouldn't he keep saying he literally is Steve Rogers? He's, he's just being exonerated in the court of law. And yeah. he could just say, Captain America is an outlaw. Yeah. Or like, uh, or, uh, I am the, the real, real captain because yeah. that's what he would believe. Like he's not a clone; <laughs> he's from like a different, like warped reality. That like subspace thing. It's way too stupid to explain fully, <laughs> but <laughs> like, it just doesn't. None of this like makes sense to this character <laughs> at all. He's all about like, like the reason I wasn't mad after I read that series about them making an evil Captain America is because it's actually like did end up being an interesting idea and like talked about the ways uh, fascists weave themselves into the American narrative and how that has been part of it the entire time. Um, like the upholding of empire. Um, and this just doesn't make sense. <laughs> After with with that context, like of this character at all, it is. It's also uh, like earlier on. Also, there's the another you know like Ben Urich, journalism's going to save democracy. Like he does his big thing where he's like, "Oh, this story was revealed, and he was unmasked when he tried to kill the this story and the reporter." Um, and then he's like. It's just like, oh yeah, and it was it was Fisk who was the um, who was the witness, and I believe him this time. Um, and we're not going to go into that, or you know, like to deal with the fact that he's very worthy like of another, being mistrusted. It's another thing that like it, the Fash Cap could just be like, look, they're using a bad guy, a <laughs> criminal, <laughs> to denounce me. To denounce Orcus? Like, why are you believing? You know, there's like, and like, maybe we'll get a little bit of that next time from someone else in a different book, but like. Kingpin's just straight back to Spider Man now, so don't worry. You, you we're not going to see him again. <laughs> He's giving a speech. <laughs> like, he can say. <laughs> He's he's in the gang war. He's, he's gone back. And well, so... Kingpin could still go back to the gang war and they, like, Fash Cap could be saying here, like, it doesn't make sense, like, you know, like, yeah, why, no, I, why I agree, trust yeah. him? Like, oh, this, the ending's just, it's just not, it's not good. I just don't see what and was it, gained it's just by like, Well, I believe in my friends, Cap. so. Like, yeah. Is this gonna, is this gonna, like, be continued in the Captain America book? Is this gonna, be followed up no. on Fall of the House of Eggs. Uh, I, guess I would assume maybe, they, yeah. he he will be involved in Orcus there, and I I could see like 
See, this is the thing as well, where it's like, all of these books are kind of leading into, like, here's people that we have gathered who can provide support for this big final battle against Orcus, which is Follow the House X. But there's so many of them that it doesn't feel like there's going to be any way to actually fit them in. Aside properly. from, like, yeah, they're going to show up in the fight and be in background images, yeah, yeah. you know? But, like, like Kingpin could, you know, he... he does well in gang war he uh like gathers a big faction again and then he's like all right my wife says i have to go fight for the mutants and uh i'm gonna go fight for the mutants or he um, like and, retakes the treehouse or something like in his gang territory you know like something like uh, that. yeah that'd, that'd be kind of neat if he, if he just took over the treehouse that'd be fun um King but King's yeah like, like we have doom's x-men <laughs> Yeah, everybody gets an X-Men. Look under your chairs. <laughs> Kingpin and X-Force and, like, Alpha Flight and, um, like, Iceman and now, you know, Nightcrawler and all them. They all don't seem like they're going to be the focus of Fall of X, but they do seem like they're going to have to show up for a few pages, help out some way, and then go, okay, I'm going to fight Orcus over there, you guys. Um, just, uh, just off panel, yeah. just where you can't see me. But I swear I'm fighting them a lot, and then that's kind of how it's going to go. Uh, maybe it doesn't, but that just seems like the setup that's happening. <laughs> and it's not very exciting. Um, I'm also, but at the same time, like, I want the scope to narrow. Like, not all of these things need to be followed up with for me. It's just, like, kind of annoying that they they took us through so many of these, these mid-journeys. Yeah. You gotta follow up on this, uh... Monet romance. Yeah. Uh, well, they will in Black Panther. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, I just uh, just noticed the fi- the final panel of the, or like the final page on this where everyone is looking at Cap, but uh, Monet and Quicksilver are looking at each other. Oh yeah, I didn't know. And Monet is look where his ha- look where her <laughs> hand is. Yeah. 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 I wasn't kidding earlier when I said she was touching his butt. <laughs> yeah, I see it now. X-Men. Okay, this is Uncanny Spider-Man 5, uh, by, written by Sizeberry Art, by Lee Garbett and Simon Bonfantino, colors by Matt Miller. Mila. Uh, however that's pronounced. And in this one, Nightcrawler, Mystique, and Silver Sable do a sneaky ruse and they escape, uh, capture, and fight the Hound Mutants and the Vulture. They're able to release Warlock and defeat Vulture and then escape by using the Rhino as a distraction. The little Bamf says that he's a part of Legion and Nightcrawler reaffirms his commitment to fighting for the mutant cause. Also, he and Mystique have a nice moment. And Mystique goes off to have a threesome. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it is pretty funny to just have Mystique in there, like, kind of flirting with Silver Sable, and then afterwards being like, all right, well, I'm going for drinks with these two. Uh, you do whatever you want to do. Like, <laughs> um, This is good. It's good stuff. Yeah. I, I really like this as a king, like, I like this as a conclusion to the Uncanny Spider-Man 
miniseries. I think it's a very successful miniseries overall. Like, despite all the continuity that, like, Sysbury very explicitly, like, has both leading up to this and is, you know, X-Men Blue Origins is technically dropped in the middle of the, of, like, the previous issue. Um, it reads really smoothly just on its own and tells a really good little Nightcrawler story with Silver Sable and Mystique. It's, uh, it's really good. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I didn't even know about the character Silver Sable existing prior to this, and now I like her, so that's good. Uh, out of all the, like, external people getting involved with Orcus, like we just spoke about, like, how unsuccessful uh, incorporating evil Cap into the Orcus thing was, like, Vulture was probably the most successful out of all the like external uh, Orcus actors, it's like it's he just has like a very clear motivation yeah. and like uh, it works well. And also, he does some cool, nasty like villain shit. Yeah, <laughs> it's all, all you need, really. Plus, like um, Orcus gives him like a, a a new like science thing to fuck around with, where it's like <laughs> yeah. And, and like he gets a whole new little costume and job. It's it's really neat. Yeah, the fact he's just still always wearing a lab coat over his <laughs> like villain outfit is just a great like visual. Yeah, this is the kind of like closing issue that is. It's just fun. Like it's just a big fight. Where you get like all of these characters get their little moments, huge pog moment where Warlock is unleashed. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. that page is so cool. I love it. Oh, <laughs> just pop down of like the computer. Yeah, like the the issue sort of kicks off with like, hey, here's the like unwinnable situation our heroes were in at the end of last issue, and then we get we get like the the. Mystique and Nightcrawler reveals Mystique gets to do pop guns out of her body and demonstrate her like insane shape-shifting skills. Oh yeah, the panel with her where you can see the like actual like gun cavities yeah. in her chest is really cool and She's it turning you know, herself into tentacles. <laughs> goes back to something I was saying earlier. When you put it in the data page, you should find an opportunity to draw it. Yeah, yeah. you're right. And you know, also, one more thing, this issue only has one data page, and that's great. Yeah. I mean, I think Sysperia has been, like, really good about these data pages. Uh, It's just, yeah, I I got sick of them this week. I hit my limit. No, but this series also had the data page that was just the spider the Spider-Man forum, like, things like that, like, that's, yeah. that's, that's good creative The lyrics. Oh, of the it. lyrics. Yeah, the lyrics of the song. song. Yeah. Like, that's, yeah. I haven't read, uh, Dem Them All yet, but, uh, like, that's, that's Sysperia's, like, Hellraiser knockoff series, basically, uh, but I heard that he, like, took, like, basically what he learned about data pages and incorporated that, like, in that series as well, so... He does a really good job of using them as, like, a tool to enhance the story yeah. rather than, like, an obligation because of the, 
like style of the Krakoan age. Absolutely. Yeah, like writing them like from like you know, enhancing character, like using character voice for a data page, like goes so far. Like compared to just some random Orcus guy wrote this, wrote down this report. Yeah, yeah. So Spurrier's data pages, especially the the ones where, as you said, he really he will really lean into a character voice in a data page in a way that you wouldn't be able to in like a, a speech bubble. <laughs> um. Which is great. Um, oh, as as you mentioned already, Mystique sort of like flirting with Silver Sable. It's it's very entertaining. <laughs> and also, like, meet my mom at one of your moms. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> we're we're not letting that one drop. Mystique saying, "I expect you remind him of me to Silver Sable." Uh, yeah. Great. <laughs> so mean. What a what what an absolutely wild thing to say to to your like you you reconnecting with my estranged son, then flirting with with his date. She's just so unhinged. It's great. Yeah. It's yeah. Again, one of the things I think we mentioned when we were talking about X Men Blue Origins, I enjoy how much Mystique is still an unhinged villain <laughs> and yeah. a bad person. Uh, despite having like as like that rewriting a, a chunk of her stuff to be much more sympathetic, especially to her relationship with Nightcrawler, uh, and to have her <laughs> appear to be ready at a moment's notice to torpedo that budding relationship <laughs> just just by being her. Or like uh, maybe maybe she's just testing Silver Sable, you know? <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, <laughs> like she like she did with um, Gambit, right? Is that yes? It's Gambit where she, she imitated <laughs> yeah. Rogue. <laughs> the fight has such a good page flow too. Yeah, like you can tell what's going on so well, and like especially with a character like Nightcrawler. It can become very easy to like lose a sense of place with him jumping around, and there's like next to no backgrounds in, like it's just action lines in most of these panels here when it gets really heavy, and yet it does still feel like you can kind of like you can tell how they're moving and where they would be in space to a degree that like uh, a lesser artist might not be able to pull off, you know, like it's it's hard. It's and it's cool that it's done so well. You're so right with that, especially like uh, it's again because reading through it reads so smoothly. You're so because like it's, it's such a good page flow to the whole thing. Yeah, because you have them in a relatively featureless room, and it is reliant on the action lines of the characters and like the panel construction to make sense of the flow of the fight, and it does it really, really well. It's just like a bunch of small panels and then a three-quarter page punch and then a bunch of small panels and a three-quarter page punch. Small panels, punch, small panels, punch. It It's sick. Yeah, and like the big, the big panels being like Warlock reappearing and Vulture getting stabbed, like... And then the uh, rhino looks so good. Warlock's coming out so good. of the like, uh, cell he's in. Yeah, 
really great warlock. Yeah, Garbage really nails that like unhinged energy of like warlocks, like facial expressions. Yeah, because well, Warlock looks strange in comics at the best of times, and this really leans into it in a really good way. The, the sort of like. Well, and Matt Miller is like a very good colorist. Like, or, these colors pop so well. The, and like. The lighting on like so much of these with like the Hope Sword and the bits of the techno organic virus, like, it's, it's so good. And even just like that that early panel where uh, Nightcrawler takes off his helmet, it's like it's a ruse, and it's just like him and Silver Sable in the background, and they both look really like smug. It's just so good, yeah. And and like Vulture, Vulture is just a great like old fella. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's, I, I love how he's drawn um, when he's when he's not all covered in techno-organic, and I also love when he's covered in techno-organic yeah. stuff as well in a different way. Yeah, his face is like a, it's got a very good like angular face. Um, on the panel and art side of things, I uh, really, there's a pa- the, the page after they say where the lab is, and you get like a, a, a panel of showing them like directly underground from like all the Orcus soldiers guarding the treehouse. Yeah, that's just a really funny bit. Yeah. Uh, Warlock rules. Um, I, Warlock coming back in this. I, I, I missed Warlock. I missed the presence of Warlock. Because uh, he, he, was, he was pretty present throughout a lot of Krakoa up until the fall of X. And I was like, yeah, he's, he's, he's fine. You know, he's there. He's buddies with Cypher. <laughs> he's got, like, his speech gimmick or whatever. But like Warlock's back, and I like. I'm glad he's back. I hope we see Cipher again at some point. Yeah, we gotta get <laughs> get payoff to that Doug uh, beat. Warlock has to be like, okay, I gotta go find him yeah. now. Yeah. Like, I feel like that's step number one. <laughs> it's probably gonna be in X Men Forever. It they showed up in X Men Unlimited recently, the web comic. Um, she's been fighting in the war and, like, refusing to stop fighting as much as she can, um, because she doesn't want to, like, think about how Doug's missing, I guess. Um, and now, uh, her and Sunspot and a few other characters are all gonna beat the shit out of each other barehanded, um, as, like, a, it's like a New Year's... Araco um, <laughs> celebration thing. They just all beat the shit out of each other. It might. I think D- Doug might even like show up in in uh, Rise of the Powers of Ten, like a bended timeline where he's been like in the pit for ten years or something. <laughs> yeah, that that's a good call. Good. It's it's another character where there's really good space to do two entirely different things with. Yeah, <laughs> with that ten year time gap. I I just think like it needs to be something Kieran Gillen pay, pays off because he did that like great issue where he gets sucked into Krakoa. Like, mm-hmm. It's gotta be. It's a bummer that Doug doesn't get to be involved in the saber tooth war at all because yeah, he's so. True. 
so integral yeah. to the setting up of the Sabretooth stuff. Like, I, yeah, he's, true. like, been so integral to all of Krakoa and, like, really shined in a great way that he hasn't gotten the chance to in a long time. I mean, they but, might even play with that in the Sabretooth. Saber yeah. Who knows? We can hope. We can hope. I mean, Black. I feel like Black Tom could get him out <laughs> if he has to. Like, maybe they send Black Tom and a couple other people to Krakoa to to save him and that's the b plot as everyone else is like as wolverine is just beating the shit out of saber tooth <laughs> and, and the two of them are going toe for toe for 16 straight days or whatever they have yeah. them do uh my my most like coat theory on on the what people will do with characters after Kakara is like wow you could have you could have black tom cypher and and warlock set up their own sort of mini Krakoa somewhere. <laughs> it could be just like Krakoa, but but it doesn't have to be part of the main books. They could they could keep something going. And it's like <laughs> I listen to my like I think that thought and I'm like, I just that's not what's gonna happen. No. <laughs> no, nothing nice. It'll all be it'll all be mean for a while. This also reads really interestingly compared to Uncanny Avengers. Like, especially because in this, Warlock gives Kurt the opportunity to be like, "Hey, uh, I think we've got documents here that will exonerate you in the eyes of the public." And he says, "Danka, Warlock," but ah, uh, I think we have to fight for what's right before we fight for how it looks. And then, like over in Uncanny Avengers, they're there on a rooftop, being like, "Time to take a quick look at everything." Time to only care about. Time to yeah. only care about what, how, how it looks. looks. Um, Time for, to put the respect back on the American flag. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if you're not gonna fuck this flag, you're a bad guy. Um. Yeah. Really happy with this. Uh, series. Did anyone see it. the Legion twist coming? <laughs> you're like yes, but also like I don't. I, don't, like, don't a, really I knew care. Legion did this, but like yeah, it's. It doesn't. It doesn't matter that it's a. T- I don't know. It doesn't matter that there's a twist. It's. It's good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's one of those things that sort of like. It, it's as good a reason as any for 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 this dude to have been around. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I also love that Mystique turns into a statue. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was just <laughs> like about a to bust. Say. That's such a good, like, use of her powers that you've, like, I haven't seen her done, do before. I, I think she's only done it in, like, this series. Like, I feel like she's done weird things like that in, 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 in this series specifically, but, like, I, I think League Albert, like, in the art is, like, finding really fun ways to use, like, to show Mystique, like, mid-transformation a lot. Also, it's kind of, uh, like, um like noteworthy that uh, Mystique doesn't like f- fuck with Spider-Man or interrupt the conversation. Yeah. She's just like, ah, yeah, I'll let them be nice. And then uh, afterwards is like, well, that was dumb. Um, <laughs> but, you know, Nightcrawler's like, oh, you didn't, uh, you didn't interrupt us to say that we were being dumb. <laughs> um, oh, I love the Warlock good, like, to have... too. It, yeah, that's really good. But it's, it's good. To have yeah a bit more Spider Man just being like yeah different different type of uh, responsibility that 
comes with being a mutant, but it is still a responsibility to, like, help each other. And, uh, like, and you can, you can keep being a Spider-Man if you want to. I don't mind. Um, which, like, he, he can't stop anybody from being a Spider-Man. That's, <laughs> yeah. that's never been his, yeah. his deal. Um, that's why yeah, I think it's so a good conversation. Now. And then it's a good, like, um, ending of Mystique saying, like, I'm, I'm going to go find Destiny, you know, like, I'm going to, I'm going to figure out what's, what the next steps are and, you know, build, build a force or organize in some way. Um, but in the meantime, first me, I'm me gonna have, have like yeah and warlock's gonna watch <laughs> <laughs> that i feel like warlock does that a lot yeah he, he doesn't really think about it honestly though he's like watching a cartoon in his head <laughs> I, I mean he, in he terms was of definitely still on doug when doug and bay got married right <laughs> yeah. so in terms of like wish casting uh fantasy editorial uh for for x-men future like this this tease of uh mystique doing her like new brotherhood uh terrorist group with like nightcrawler in it is just such a fun idea to me yeah that would be I dope would, i would love to see happen First, he's got to team up with his old crew and break Cyclops out, though. Mm, yeah. Um, uh, another thing I like about the Uncanny Spider-Man series is that, especially with, as you said, the Spider-Man conversation in this issue, uh, it really pays out its gimmick because, uh, like, it, it ends up giving like a reason that Nightcrawler has has gone and done a Spider-Man, and then gives a conclusion and, like, links into the themes of Spider-Man in doing so. Uh, which so often when they're like, we're gonna have this character be, like, a Spider-Man or a Captain America or whatever, it doesn't pay out. Um, and this did. And that's, that's good to see. That's, that's, that's good, that's a good beat. And I'm glad. Yeah, it's, it's, it's very well done. And at the last page of them, Silver Sable and Nightcrawler just having a nice, like, cup of hot chocolate or coffee or whatever on a roof is yeah. really cute. I would love to see Nightcrawler keep his sword into the next era. Yeah, absolutely. It's just, it just fits, like, visually so well into what he's doing. Mm. Um, yeah. thematically as well you know yeah have we got any is this the last Sysbury is doing for now at Marvel I think it might be the last thing he's doing for Marvel for a while because yeah. he, uh, he said yeah. on the off panel podcast that he like really overworked himself this year by agreeing to a bunch of projects that were like he was like i'm just gonna take like one or two projects unless i'm getting offers that i would be crazy not to accept like unless i'm getting offers to stuff that are like 
something I've been dreaming to do forever, right? And then I got like three or four of those like in a year <laughs> that I had to agree to. So he said that uh, he's just gonna do the DC stuff for next year, like Flash yeah. and uh, at Hellblazer. So that makes a lot of sense. It's probably it's... gonna be the end of his Marvel stuff, which yeah. like it makes sense and like you know. It does seem like he overworked He's, like, himself. had a good... He's, he's had a good arc over it. It like. just ended on his best, like... Yeah. Yeah. Take a yeah. break. Uh, yeah. On his best For sure. Nightcrawler run. Like, after, like, Legion of X being, like, bit mid. I mean, Legion, Legion of X definitely had its moments. I think it got rushed a little, yeah. right? Like, that was its problem. Yeah. Like, it was supposed to be a few more issues or something like that? Yeah, there, there's so much going on in Legion of X as well. Um, yeah. There's, there's like, a world where Legion of X just kept going, and For, there's, like, yeah, the third yeah. book If it was an ongoing... It would, where it, yeah. was, it was finishing on issue 18... Yeah, that's true. Th- ...this week or something. Oh, yeah. Um, but I'm probably happy we got Nightcrawler instead of that. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah it ultimately led to like what was a more intimate story with one character that we all like a lot yeah. so <laughs> yeah X-Men. immortal x-men 18 written by karen gillen art by juan jose rip colors by david curiel on Moor Island, Charles and Sinister discover that Stellaris and Stasis have in fact already tried and failed to achieve dominion in other timelines, and that Mother Righteous is the fourth Essex clone. They realise that their internal monologue is hidden from the view of the dominion, and it gives them an opportunity to work against it. In the White Hot Room, Angstus, Hope and Destiny race after Mother Righteous in order to stop her plans for dominion. Uh, she sacrifices Jean and uses her blood to write herself into Dominion, and using the power of stories, magic, and the Phoenix combined, this attempt fails. The data is then fed back to Enigma, an AI composite created by the original Nathaniel Essex to use the lessons learned from his four clones. Enigma is revealed to be the one who achieves Dominion. Hey, good comic book. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, good comic book. <laughs> It's such such a classic thing to be like, okay, here's the four people. They're they're who you gotta worry about. Ah, got you. There's a fifth one. Sucker. Got me. Worked so well. We've got the the Nick Nick posted the panel in Defenders um, where where Loki's talking about this very thing. Yeah, um... Which also, I was like, oh yeah, there's there's other like Defenders Beyond stuff in this About issue Dominion, of Immortal yeah. X-Men. Or no, I, I wasn't th- thinking of the Dominion, but um, just like the places they go in the White Hot Room in this issue are from Defenders Beyond in the White Hot Room. Uh, it's like the cave that uh, Tigra is in, and then the scaffolding, which is from a previous thing as well, but it's uh, it's in that Defenders Beyond issue. I was like, oh, cool. They're, they're just, you know, doing doing a bit of overlap here. And, yeah, it's from, like, and classic then there's a whole other thing. <laughs> 40 or something, when Gene talks to death in the White Hot Room. 
Juan Jose Rip on the art is great. Pretty good. Uh, yeah, we've, we've seen him before on on X Force on Wolverine. He's he's a really good ass, I think. He did the last issue of Immortal as well. Yeah, yeah, um, he's so good at the ugly, the ugliest, pretty. That's what I was gonna say. The roughness or like the edginess. I don't know how to describe it, but like the <laughs> it's it's grit. It's grit. <laughs> it's grit. The art has grit to it, like. Jean, He's Jean's, smearing shit on there, but it's good. Jean's lips look chapped. Um, yeah. In in this opening, like when, yeah, I think this was a better showcase for him than the last issue. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Because I think uh, his art also really fits the sort of tone of this issue as well. Of like a, a, a that's gritty desperation, uh, sort of like the. Pretty much every character in this issue loses, basically. Everyone yeah. fails their plan, and I think Juan Jose Rips art really like adds to that tone um in a really good way. I really like how how like Giles looks as well. Like he's just like a very I don't know, he just looks very like a, you know, 40 or 50 year old man yeah. like in a way that uh just uh, works well for me um, and like works better than because i didn't think he like looked it suited him that well in the last issue but something about it here i'm just like yeah every panel his face just looks very real in a way that um suits this art and suits like or suits what's going on of like yeah it, it's it's serious yeah. right now. The bit where uh, Mother Wright just conjures up like a bunch of Frankenstein's. Yeah, all the storybook like fairy tale villains and like combinations of famous like yeah. literary uh, monsters. Yeah, that's that is good. Like Euro horror shit. The the Hydra that's also a Medusa and the the like. Baba Yaga hut that's also a minotaur like it 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 fits well with the the story like the focus on story from Mother Righteous perspective that she can just use like the figures from stories as her her goons I guess one thing I really well, like using- about this about story stuff or did you want to talk more about the art Nick? yeah I have one last thing about the art um, I think using, and it leads into the story stuff, um, using the ugly, pretty kind of style, using that in a story that is about, um, like, AI uh, ultimately being, like, an evil entity, um, I think really, like, mirrors, like, modern conversations about autofill programs that are being labeled as I, AI. I don't know what you mean. I, I used AI to make... <laughs> Supergirl look like my wife, but in the way I see her to show how beautiful she actually is on the inside. I'm so glad we didn't record that full conversation. I'm leaving this, I'll leave this bit in, but people at home do not get to know. We will not elaborate. specifically the panel of where she has like written out the thing in blood and she's just like looking back up it's yeah she just like 
really nasty. Like the way, I mean, I I wonder if the the blood is lettering or art. Like in that oh, case, be. um, but whoever is doing that or Who whichever is doing that, it looks really cool. Um, it is yeah. yes. Yeah, Clayton Cows is like the gold standard on these X books in terms of lettering. Like, yeah, his, his lettering is incredible. He's 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 great, and he's been great for ages. <laughs> it's yeah, I, f- I think it's like the last like ten Eisners. It's like he's won the lettering award like eight oh times or something oh my gosh wow and there's like one the, the other person won twice and that's like I, I might not even be right about that but I, there was definitely a period where he won like six years in a row or something i was like while he was doing wikdiv which yeah. had a shitload of really cool lettering stuff in it so and, and he was also doing like you know 20 other books a year and doing very well in all of them so Deserved. Yeah, I was gonna say he worked. He like he has experience on like working with Kieran Gillen as well and his quirks. Yeah. Uh, speaking of Wikdiv, we get uh, a nice little dose of Wicked and Divine energy in this one as well. Um, from from Kieran Gillen's writing of uh, Mother Righteous and focus on the narrative. It also really reminded me of if anyone's read. The web serial Practical Guide to Evil. Um, it's it's a series that like uh, in is fantasy realm stuff, but all the like powers and stuff are based on archetypal stories, and everyone and the people in the universe know that they are based on stories like um. So, like, you have, like, people manipulating the story of their own life in order to try and get certain powers and stuff like that. Um, and this really reminded me of of that because of everything Mother Righteous is doing with, like, constructing this narrative. And again, it's also very present in Defenders Beyond. Um, and... If uh, if you would like to read a whole uh, Kieran Gillen story about uh, exactly that sort of thing of people like manipulating their own uh, lives to fit narratives to achieve power and uh, stuff, uh, once upon a time is literally that. <laughs> it's like it's, this is one of his like you know. Uh, Did he write he, the he television about... series Once Upon a Time? No, our. Once in future, once, once in future, future, once in future oh, okay. is what I'm thinking of. I was wondering, okay. like, is it a okay. project yes. I don't know about? Because I was like, there are things that overlap here with that narrative. Yeah, it's true. No, once in future has, like, people, um, uh, yeah, like, altering the course of their life so that they can fit better into, like, the Arthurian narrative mm. and they can take up okay. the mantle of, like, Gawain or yeah, Lancelot I, I or whatever. I to get to that. Um, it's it's very like yeah the way he talks about the cycle of like doing stuff in big two doing stuff in his independent work doing stuff in big two and like bringing stuff from one to the other uh it's definitely and i lit i hadn't made that connection until you started talking about that 
that other um, serial mm. Holly, but he is definitely doing very similar stuff there. I'm so um, excited to see what he's going to carry over from the X stuff to, yeah. uh, to his next, like, creator-owned series. Like, he keeps teasing stuff about it. He said it's going to be with an artist he worked with before. So, mm. who knows what that could be. He's worked with a lot of artists at this point. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of really good ones, so... Yeah. I know one of the things he's been doing uh, at the moment is, is... Although I think this is finished now, is finishing off making the RPG for the Die RPG, because that's... Um, yeah, I think he might be finished up with that. Yeah. So, um, he's also doing like an original graphic novel with stephanie hans like hell yeah uh, i think he's done writing but she's still drawing it or something because mm. well, i yeah when you i i do think there might be more like of the comic of die at some point in the future because i think it does end on like and maybe the graphic novel we, is also uh, from we can that, come back here mm. but yeah I'm, I'm not sure i haven't been Following. But um, yeah, the whole bit here with, I mean, even visually, like the uh, the empty page or like the blank page that she starts writing on and then pulling it up is such like... Pulling it up as you yourself yeah. turn to the next page, you know? Like, I mean, it's very... I read it's this very first addictive, digitally it's also and like, it's like almost not as impactful, but it even is. Even Young Avengers <laughs> has shit like this. <laughs> like, it's just... Yeah, absolutely. One of the Kieran Gunn obsessions. I mean, Young Avengers is all about, like, expectations and, like, the expectations of youth as they transition into adulthood and how, like, most people don't end up meeting those expectations on whatever timeline they're supposed Young to. Young Avengers you know? very much feels like a dry run for uh, for Wicked, like, the way it is, like, about teenagers and uh, and the idea of, like everything being more dramatic when you're a teenager, basically. Yeah. And this one is about our expectations of our leaders, yeah. but also, like, how we narrativize them, you know? In the same way that, like, Wiktiv is about how we narrativize famous young adults. Mm. <laughs> yeah, if, the, if his creator on stuff is gonna be, like, about a similar, like, political scheming situation that's that would be exciting to me um because has done like even his eternals run like all of his all of his marvel stuff since he came back was like that type of like people manipulating each other um which brings me to the thing i was going to mention earlier that uh one thing i really uh liked with the way this like Immortal X-Men ended basically is that it's it's gotten back to what started it, which is Destiny versus Sinister. Yes. Uh except, you know, in this case it's a different Sinister, but it uh Yeah. It ends on this moment of of Destiny being like I've been trying to tell you you've doomed us all. That was mm-hmm. such a st- I, I, th- I thought it was such an incredible beat. Right after being yeeted by Exodus, 
with his telekinesis right over to her, which is a great little set of panels. <laughs> that that bit is also very like understanding of narrative to me. Um, the one I was thinking of is like Terry Pratchett. It's it, it, if it's a million to one shot, it'll yeah. always work. Yeah. Um, and here it's like <laughs> if if you have to arrive, you'll arrive just too late to 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 stop mm. me. Like. Yeah. she understands how the story has to go um i do yeah that sort of stuff can sometimes rub me rub me the wrong way but it's done very well here like it it really works yeah. the characterization of mother righteous here because we've had we've had a lot of mother righteous's deal over the past few things but this is sort of i think really the first like internal one where we really like see everything about her in a way because like this is the big this is Mother Righteous's big reveal basically um, yeah she's on the cover that's yeah. what it, in this series that's what that means <laughs> and the characterization of her similarly to the other sinisters as sort of like um, she just wants to the easiest way to power um is is really good. <laughs> uh I like that they have a little bit in the dialogue about how ideal what she really wanted to do was just get Legion to say thank you once and and then and then just take over Legion's brain. <laughs> but that didn't work out, so now she has to put a little bit more effort in. <laughs> yeah, and she's like I I still, or she did get the thank you, so she's like, whenever he comes back from whatever, like, extra-dimensional space he's in, I still have, like, a little something there. Ties into an, an idea of magic as being the easiest way to do something. It's just you sort of, like, pay a price of some kind, or avoid paying the price if you know the right rules. And, um, something... Kieran Gillen is often big on with this kind of thing is how the easy ways to power or what you want are done through the exploitation of others um, and that's like very literally done here like Mother Righteous chains up the phoenix and uses her as a pot of ink to write her happy ending I think Mother Righteous is a really fun villain, I don't know if she'll turn up again after this because I think this has been like a really good like combination of her kind of story, or at least her big plan. She's she's got to be in like X Men Forever, oh, yeah, yeah. But like, yeah, yeah. After Krakoa, I suppose it was. Yeah, yeah. After Krakoa, event. because like this, this at the moment feels like a big finish for all the Sinisters in a way that I didn't think we were going to get. Um, yeah, we'll have to see yeah. how the entire Sinister. Uh, stuff pays off in Rise and X-Men Forever. Mm. Um, like, whatever the status quo is that that leads to, if Mother Righteous even is, like, you know, if the individual, like, sinister clones will remain around, or if if just our sinister remains, or I don't know. Or if they all get absorbed if, into if our one. sinister is... Prisoner X or whatever, um, or like, because I feel like 
I, I think it's really cool how we're given like, okay, here is the villain outside of space and time who's like all powerful. And here is the one way that we can like the one little uh like hole in the armor that we have to work with is like sinister within uh Charles's mind he can't directly uh deal with and also the white hot room and these is like the two sides of the coin of like how we can fight back and very interested to see how they're sort of used um and also it's like very cool to have an actual answer now because it was just like a hopeless thing of eventually there will be a dominion and that can't be can't be stopped because it's already happened and it's outside time and space and and it's also like wrapping up stuff from like powers of x the like from the very start of krakoa the thing was always the the machines will rise up they will always win we over the course of krakoa there's been changes there in what the like future is and i think having the dominion have a face to it now basically well beyond we, we already knew it was uh an essex in some way but it's very you know it, it it makes sense that we're moving towards an ending now that we have all this like on paper we know who it is and how they're what method they have to deal with it at least um and also yeah it's pe pe people in uh, the the current era do like to be making stories about how ai is evil and will destroy all stories which uh can't really blame yeah. you but <laughs> it is a different version of the the conversation we were seeing in children of the vault uh where it's it's like okay the reason the ai in these stories believes it can take care of um like people better than people or the earth better than people or should be in charge or whatever is because the ai or computer sentience can like work together and put aside prejudices or at least that is what the computer believes but ultimately the computer cannot do those things right and what happens when there are multiple ais like nimrod and um this uh enigma um are can they work together no are they going to tear each other apart probably <laughs> Uh, it's the uh, the thing as well of um, like uh, like people saying algorithms can't be racist, but then the the training data that has been used yeah, to define absolutely. the algorithm is racist or is like tainted in some way. And here is a, a, an AI made up of like the four worst purple people who exist. <laughs> uh, so it's like, no way it doesn't Very suck, literally like. like the four lizard people controlling events of the Marvel Universe being <laughs> fed back into an evil AI. Yeah. Uh, I, I really like that we get the like, oh yeah, um, Orbis Stylus and Stasis both like had timelines where they did it. Um, and they just like, <laughs> I mean, uh, they, they also reset, but also like, they just did like something with Mysterium and a Macran kiss crystal and like 
something horrible with the sun (laughs) that's like all we know Kieran Gillen very much being like I thought about those stories and decided they were kind of boring (laughs) (laughs) or just like it's more fun to just give you a little bit to work with yeah if anyone else wants to pick it up later yeah I mean it's like in the uh, what was that the Sinister 4 issue where we saw like all the all the retcon things that like just like these little teases of ideas, you know, like that's yeah, that's absolutely. Uh, I I think it's it's cool that we have like a page of Enigma, and it already is like um pretty good at like characterizing him or it. I don't know. We we don't know. Well, no, he does say I am I am he, and also. History, his story. Did you ever think about that? <laughs> yeah, Kieran like... Gillan said no woman could be elected for Dominion. <laughs> the Kieran Gillanism of putting a pun into the big reveal is <laughs> it's a, it's a very distinctive thing in his writing style to me, and uh, I love to see it. I have to say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's very fun. I mean, if there's one thing Kieran Gillen is uh, incredible at, and he talked about this a bunch on his podcast as well, is like nailing that final issue of a like before a big thing or before a new arc. Uh, and he talked about how like. As he as he got older, he got like more sensitive about his cliffhangers to not just like end on "I killed your favorite character." <laughs> yeah, he does do that in yeah. Rick like ten times. <laughs> I mean, he did. Jean Grey did get resurrected in this arc, only to get killed again. So, yeah. but like that's her deal at this point. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it barely even counts. Uh, also neat that they're like being more explicit about like the phoenix is deeply tied to mutant dumb and also Jean Grey and that stuff which was coming up in Jean Grey the the Jean Grey bleeding out here image is also what like the cover of X-Men Forever 1 is basically right yeah we know it's going to be resolved in the next series as well so it doesn't it's not yeah not like a fridgy that's gonna be so i guess uh i guess rise of the powers of x is gonna be the sins of sinister type timeline that results of the dominion or something yeah i think it's it's gonna be like the enigma timeline and it's going to be like because something about you know the enigma is outside of time and space you probably need to be fighting back against it all throughout time and space yeah. um, and then I guess X-Men so Forever uh, like is gonna different eras. follow up on the Quiet Council Gene Destiny members yeah. yeah yeah, that's what I would think this also now makes sense why the solicit for dead X-Men involves time travel because again as as was mentioned if you're fighting in Dominion you are, you're, you're going to want to be fighting it through through time and space and everywhere um and I I would very much like it 
if if Dead X-Men also ties into this kind of thing. Like, I, I really like the idea of the Dominion being dealt with, and then this is like a new, fresh slate for the future of mutants within the Marvel Universe, free of this, like, horrific influence, or, like, this, this inevitable future has been destroyed, so it's a brand new start and a fresh, like, everything starts from there, in a way. Um, it fits with if there is a bit of a relaunch after, you know, um, fall on rise, and we'll see how that yeah. goes. I hope it's. I hope there's gonna be like some things from the, the Krakow era that carry over. Uh, there, there's into... gotta be. Oh, there yeah. will be. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We can we can talk about that another time. What are our hopes and dreams? <laughs> All right. What else are y'all reading? Uh, I I've read a shitload of comics over the Christmas break. Um, uh, caught up on a bunch of DC stuff, uh, stuff that's been like recommended before. Uh, Poison Ivy, Flash. Uh, Poison Ivy's so good. Yeah, it's so good. Um, read a few other things. Uh, Fire and Ice, Power Girl. I still need to read that. Um, I'm currently um, like catching up with all the uh, Superman universe stuff, so. <laughs> or the Super yeah, Family um, stuff. Amazon's Attack is another one that's pretty neat. Um, it's it's really weird reading DC and like when I'm reading Marvel, when a character shows up, there's like an eighty percent chance I know who they are, and if I don't, I know where they fit in the universe. You know. Um, if they're not like a new character, obviously, but like I know what sort of faction they're in or what like corner they fit into. And in DC, I just do not have that. And just like important important <laughs> characters will show up, and I'll be like, I don't know who this is. This person has probably been in the last five years of Catwoman comics, but I've just never heard yeah, of Birds them before. Of Prey is, and uh, it's very weird. Birds of Prey is kind of like that for me, where I'm like, I have no idea where any of you are coming from. I'm loving it, but it's like. Mm. Yeah, that's that's specifically the the one the person in that who's like from the future or something. I'm just like, okay, I didn't know you were from the future, <laughs> but neat. Um, but my actual recommendation is I also read like a third of uh, Yu Yu Hakusho. Oh hi, yeah, uh, which is oh, nice. uh, banger, and specifically the first like twenty issues where it's very um like case of the week. Mm-hmm. Where it's just like Yusuke like helping a ghost pass on to the next world, or like uh, watching one of his friends like deal with a real life problem, and he's like quietly supporting them even though they can't hear him, and all that stuff. Just every time, really hit for me, and like I think it does an incredible job of just having these like one or two issue stories that are like very emotional and like really hit for me about like people dealing with death or like um like helping out doing stuff because they want to help their friends it's just like that's what i want out of shonen that's what i want out of a story about a a a delinquent who who does (laughs) one good deed you know um and now, now I'm on to the Dark Tournament, which is all yeah. fights all the time. And that's also cool. Um, 
and I, I like the squad that they have for that. Um, but it's one I've been meaning to read for a long time, and uh, I'm having a very good time. I'm having like a better time with it than I expected. Because <laughs> I'm, I'm also like re rereading Hunter x Hunter at the same time, and like really enjoy that as well. But it's uh, I'm I'm surprised how much more I'm enjoying Yu Yu Hakusho in comparison. Um, and we'll see how that yeah, pans out because I hear it ends weird. I don't know. But, I haven't yeah. finished it. I I watched like. I watched the anime for a while, but then I cancelled Netflix, and that's where I watched it. <laughs> but the anime is really it's fun definitely too. like. What's the mangaka's name for that? I uh, Tagashi. Yeah, Tagashi's Tuga- uh... definitely like, like his arcs are always strong, but like the overarching plot is not necessarily what's important. <laughs> yeah, but that's real good. Also, oh, I also read like thirty chapters of Kaguya-sama, um, another one yeah. <laughs> previous recommendation. But I just like read on from where I've got to in the anime, and uh, that's still good. Nice. Oh yeah. I uh I have not had much time to read, so I've just been reading Excalibur, in little bits and pieces when I'm at work, like old school Excalibur from the nineties. Hell yeah. Um. Brian got really big, and then they used Kitty's phasing powers to all go inside of him, so they could <laughs> use all of their powers together all at once. Like, a, Hell yeah. like the funniest mutant network scene ever, <laughs> and then they travel to the astral plane, and they stop a guy whose name is just Necrom, which is just, like, death guy, basically. <laughs> um, Yeah. But that's like I don't know. It's 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 good some of the time. A lot of the times it's just goofy. Um, and I I'm about to read Executioner's Song, which is like a an X Men event mm-hmm. where I think there's an attempted assassination on on Charles by like Strife, but everyone thinks it's Cable. It's, it's, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but I I'm finally on vacation. Like, I worked all last week a shit ton, oh. and I'm gonna read some comics, and then draw some some drawings. Hell yeah. And relax. Rest. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Enjoy. Yeah, hell yeah. Um, I will recommend A Practical Guide to Evil, because I mentioned it. Um, it's a web serial um, that's uh, broadly about uh, a, a, like, young heroin um trying to become a villain in order to do the right thing uh and it's a lot of it's a lot of fun it's 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 pretty long but it's all good and uh if you liked worm you would probably enjoy a practical guide to evil um yeah it it does a lot of interesting stuff with its premise and really like is is all about the like narrative power of stories and trying to use that within a story. Um, it's I think it's neat. That's my recommendation. Uh, you can find it very easily by just googling a practical guide to evil. It's the first WordPress thing that comes up. 
I believe they've been trying to dethrone Worm in the like web serial rankings for like <laughs> the past three years, but nothing will ever dethrone Worm. <laughs> Damn, I didn't know the web serials were so tough. <laughs> it's there's Worm, and then there's all the other ones. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of just just like ten times as popular. <laughs> Even more so than any of, like, Wildbow, the author's uh, subsequent yeah. stuff. Um, which apparently the one he's doing right now is actually very, is that, very good, but I... I is he on Pact or Twig? I can't remember which one he was on. Oh, Pale. Pale. Got it. No, there's, there was Pact, Twig, Ward, and now Pale. Excellent. Yeah, I, uh, I also read a ton of comics, because I had a 10-hour train journey to Hungary and then back. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm, I'm gonna leave some for the future, I guess. Uh, I'm gonna shout out the graphic novel A Guest in the House by Emily Carroll. Uh, came out last year. It's a domestic horror story. Basically, it's about a woman who marries into a family uh she married like she marries a dentist who has a daughter and uh and the wife uh like his previous wife the daughter's uh mother has passed away and she starts you know as she settles into her married life she starts suspecting that there might be some sinister secrets uh, that that his uh, that her new husband is keeping from her, and that maybe, um, maybe the maybe his wife didn't pass away of uh, of natural causes, like she was led to believe to. And it's just it's just such so masterfully paced, like it's so it genuinely gets like the way it builds the horror story elements. It just like towards the end it started to like genuinely freak me out like it's uh it's something that you know i didn't expect to to the 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 horror aspects to work like so effectively like it's just uh yeah it like really really ramps up the uh the 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 terrifyingness of it all it's got like amazing art like it works really well with like black and white and color uh like the use of color the use of like empty spaces the use of like page turns to that that will you know terrify you or shock you or surprise you it's yeah it's really really great um i want to don't want to spoil a lot more of the story but uh yeah check it out Hell yeah. Alright, I think that means this has been hated and feared. Do you guys want to say goodbye? Uh, yeah. I guess. theme music is Welcome to My Island by Carolyn Polachek. In two weeks, we will be back-ish, probably. 
I think so. We're gonna have some. Start. It's a it's a flexible schedule. Yeah. You you guys don't the audience doesn't get the honor of knowing yeah. our schedule proper. I mean, I think but maybe two I weeks, think we're gonna do Fall of the House of X, Rise of the Powers of X, uh, Wolverine forty one, Start with the Saber Tooth War. So I think there's gonna be I think there's yeah. gonna be a good amount to talk about those issues. Yeah, it's like sure. an exciting yeah, two exactly. weeks. Yeah. Uh, Ultimate Spider-Man starts as well. I'm excited for that. Yeah. Um, I think that's, 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 that's everything that I'm excited for. So, All right. Well, Fall of the House of X is coming out in two days, so... Wow, yeah. <laughs> from now, so yeah, probably that. around, maybe before this episode is even I out. I think Who knows? I was down on the Jerry Duggan stuff, but uh, he's, been, he's been good at de- delivering at the issues that actually matter, like the big beats. So I, I'm just hoping... I'm excited for the big beats. Yeah, I'm, I'm hoping this is going to be like worthwhile. I think conclusion. I just thought we were gonna get big beats sooner, yeah. and then yeah. this era didn't end up being. It ended up being more set up than yeah. I expected for sure. Like um, it was really carried by uh, Immortal and X Men Red. <laughs> yeah, but anyways, yeah. if you wanna uh, hear more of us, you'll have to wait. Uh, in the meantime, write a review for us on iTunes or tell your friends about us. In fact. Text your friend about us right now. Um, this has been Hated and Feared. Hosted by Nick, Janosch, Kiwi, and Holly. Resist. Resist. Thank you very much. Resist. No one here is worthless. A very smart man once told me that mutants are not cursed, but gifted. Now tell me, what are your gifts? <laughs>